put my, because you also think too, like, well, every brand is so custom. I can't possibly teach people how to make video because it's so unique. And you know what? It's, it's actually, there's a foundational narrative to all video content and it has to do with good storytelling and good characters and good writing and finding out what people like to watch and all those skills are teachable. So yeah. it made me realize that like, you know, small businesses don't have big brand access, but they need it. And so I'm that liaison of like, I have access to these big brands and we just take what we're sort of doing there in the field. And I take the stuff that can be applicable to like a solopreneur who has no marketing budget. Welcome to Future Driven. I'm Adam Kopp, and on this podcast, I talk with entrepreneurs and industry professionals about the challenges and the wins in their business. See the vision, drive the future. Welcome to episode 10 of the Future Driven Podcast. Today, I have Patrice Pulzer from Patrice Pulzer Creative. Thank you so much for joining me today, Patrice. No problem. I'm glad to be here. Well, Patrice and I have known each other for over 20 years. We went to high school together and uh, we, you know, uh, we, re we reconnected over Instagram because honestly, Patrice, I was just infatuated with your Instagram stories. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one to tell you that because you put some good effort into your stories. And I really got to know a lot about your life because of that. So yeah, tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. You know, what is your day-to-day -day life with Instagram stories? Yeah, you know what? It's so interesting because it all started back with Snapchat. Do you remember Snapchat? Yeah. Yeah, so it was, at the time I was still at the Today Show and I remember one of like the young interns who I loved was like, right before I was going on maternity leave with my second kid, she's like, Patrice, you have to get on Snapchat. And I'm like, I am way too old for Snapchat. She goes, no, she goes, people are gonna dig it. You gotta get into Snapchat. So I remember with my second kid, I became, I literally had my own world. I was in the Snapchat bubble and you know, I was just kind of, it became, cause motherhood is lonely. And especially when you're like on leave, I'm a worker. I like, I love my job. So actually the transition to maternity leave was really challenging for me. So this Snapchat world sort of opened up this whole other world, so to say. So I've been, so I started with Snapchat back in 2016. So when Instagram stories came, I was already just so used to kind of sure. my poor husband just putting the camera or the video in our house that it just sort of became a natural extension. And now we're in a time where your business life and your home life kind of intertwine. So it's been this really natural um, just sort of platform that I've been using for a lot of years. So, well, I think you do amazing at it and I've enjoyed it, uh, personally. And I, I do agree, uh, with the notion of blending family and business. And I think entrepreneurs, uh, can do that. I think that's uh, a little bit more natural. Uh, so I, I, I like it. So well done. And it was funny right before we jumped on, I was like, let's just, let's just see how Patrice is doing. And I went and I saw like 20 stories. I was like, wow, she is busy. Um, you know, and so, and speaking of busy, congratulations on your third child. Uh, so that is awesome. Three boys, right? Yeah. You're talking to a unicorn. People in New York city do not have three children. I mean, people in New York usually stop at one, so yeah. the fact that we have three children, I mean, when we walk down the street, people are like, oh God, it's like they, they have like a look of, of sympathy for my husband. So 
Um, yeah, no, I just had a baby. So, well, I have a six-week-old, um, I have a four-and-a-half-year-old, and then I have a seven-year-old. So, in a New York City apartment. So, it's been uh, an interesting time, full house. But, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. I wouldn't have it any other way. So, I mean, you, I need to, your advice and your roadmap for how to have three yeah, I'm, boys i'm outnumbered here <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm right there with you my my boys are uh what they're three five and seven so oh, okay. close but uh but yeah newborn is a whole different ball game so i you're but i think you can handle it i can tell yeah oh but it's all they do is sleep i'm like no they don't and they don't <laughs> sleep at any schedule so you're just like at a whim you can't and they don't sleep at night so this whole I kind of forgot it as well. It like, oh, it's, I, when my husband tried to convince him to have a third, I'm like, newborns are so easy. I can do my business. I'll just, you know, have the baby born Beyonce by my foot and, and you know, close deals and work on, but it's just like, <laughs> woo, I'm like in another reality of fantasy land. So nice. anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I love it. And, and I definitely want to talk a little bit more about your current company now, but give us a brief uh, background of your career, how, you know, how did you get to today? What was your career like? You know, I'm actually a very late bloomer, um, you know, which is why whenever I hear, you know, younger people in their 20s get really angsty about where they are or where they're not or where they think they should be. And I think Instagram and social media has contributed to this overall sense of anxiety of like, if you're 25 and you're not selling a company or running a successful online business, then, you know, you're not worth anything. Right. So I, 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 empathize with them because I was an intern at 29 years old. I was very lost in my 20s, um, like didn't really know what I was doing. I sold books door to door for three years all over the country in my 20s. I, and, it, and, and, when, and not Bibles, <laughs> but education books and pure commission, 100% commission. And so it was like, pretty intense. And so just to show you how lost I was when you're selling books door to door for three years after graduating from college, you know, I just didn't really know where I was supposed to be. And so uh, funnily enough, and I'll give you the cliff note version, but I ended up selling to a really big, my last summer I was in California and I ended up selling like my, I was really good at selling books. I made a lot of money when I was 20. It took me until I was in my 30s to actually get to what I was earning when in my mid 20s from book selling. And I remember I sold like everything to this dad. He's like, I wasn't gonna buy anything. He goes, and he was a big producer um, for American Idol at the time. Okay. And he's like, you need to get in the TV. He goes, I would hire you on the spot. He goes like, would you? So anyway, he kind of got me thinking and when I went back to Chicago, where I'm from, I ended up getting an internship at WGN. And then I did some really embarrassing show called The Nude Hippo. I, and that is an actual name of the show. Like, try telling your parents that you're hosting a show called The Nude Hippo Show. <laughs> and so, it, again, very lost. But I kind of went on this path of, I'm going to be a really serious reporter. And so I did the whole like door to door trying to get a job at these small town stations and I could not get hired for the life of me. I must have applied to 200 reporter jobs. I mean, I couldn't even get a job in like market 280. It was just like, what is going on? And I realized a little a, a time later when finally a news director in Illinois sat me down. He goes, I'm going to show you the video of the woman that... I just hired. I want to compare her to you. 
And I was like, oh, okay. So she, she puts my reel in, my video reel that I, at the time it was probably like DVD or something, you know? Yeah. And I was the host of a variety show called The Nude Hippo. We weren't doing hard news journalism. I was literally at the Star Trek convention dressed as Princess Leia reporting with Shrek. And, and, and I was, you know, doing really weird things. And he put me up there and then he took me, he stopped it. And then he put the other woman's reel and she was, you know, reporting live from the White House, you know, here is Obama. I mean, it was, and I remember staring at it, he goes, this is who we just hired. And I was like, oh, he goes, you're a little rough. He goes, you're really rough around the edges. He goes, you need to get like refined. He goes, you should go to grad school. Anyway, so I ended up going to grad school for a year at Northwestern and they had a one year program and that kind of sent me off. And, it, it, you know, so once, so when I was an intern at 29, that's why I was an intern at 29, because I didn't really get my footing until I was almost 30. But then things happened quickly. I moved to New York and, and it, it, it happened quick. So that's a long answer, but the Today Show was, yeah. Okay, so then, so then you come to New York and then where do you go to work? Oh my God, well, that's the other thing. I came to New York right in 2009, which is right after the crash, right? Of Lehman Brothers, it was like a horrible time. And it's similar to now. I mean, maybe not as bad as now, but very bad for the media. Right. Um, but at the time I had, when I was interning at CNN, it was in London. So I had met at the time, we weren't like my now husband, but I remember thinking, I couldn't get I couldn't get a job in London because of all the crashes, and so I had to move back to America. And I remember thinking I can't make him move to Chicago. I, I just like it's too London to Chicago just felt too big of a jump, but New York felt so. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to New York, make it easy on him because he was gonna move to the states. And so I went without a job. So I again pounded the pavement, and I ended up getting the the overnight writing shift for the Asian markets in Bloomberg. I knew nothing. And I remember saying to the guy when I got hired, I was like, I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, are you sure? Like, have you looked at my resume? And I literally, the first day at work, I started at 2 a.m. And I remember it was just in the fire. And they're like, all right, here's here's your story that you need to write. And I remember on my phone being like, what is a bond? what is a stock? Like, can you define it? I mean, it was just, so I did this insane overnight job where I was like feeding the anchors who were reporting from Beijing and (laughs) I was their like liaison in New York. So that was my foot in the, but you know what? Like I I just needed a job, like, and I got that job. And so I just went with it and like, I'm like, that was my survival. If I didn't have that job, I would have had to move back to Chicago and at this time, I'm like 30, you know? So I'm like, I need to get, a, I need to start making money. Like everyone I knew was like third career. Like some people were already like running things and promoted. And I'm like, I'm still an intern. I felt really self-conscious about sure. all of that. It, it's to, to this day, I still like, it's taken a lot of just acceptance, but I, it was really embarrassed. Like I remember even at Bloomberg, I was starting lower and people always thought I was younger than what I was, and even then I was like, because I should have been higher up, you know, for where I was, but I was just starting out. So then at Bloomberg, yeah. So then what happened next? So, I mean, so that, you said that was 2009. 
So then, you know, kind of at what point were you able to join the Today Show? So to, I was at Bloomberg for like a year and it was a, it was a shit show. I mean, you, it was just like the worst working environment. So, I mean, the fact that I made it a year was pretty good, but yeah. um, made it a year and I saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, I'm going to get, like everyone was getting fired around me or laid off. And so I ended up getting laid off. So this was like a year later. And I remember being like, Oh God, here we go again. So, um, I, was laid off and I again just started like pounding the pavement you know those books those selling book door to door I never would have connected the dots but now that I have some perspective I just didn't care I got slammed doors in my face for three years every day that I was like okay it didn't phase me to the rejection there was so much rejection and the reporter job just rejected all the time so um I ended up getting a coffee meeting with someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew someone because when you're trying to look for a job it can get so emotional that I just made it very numbers I was like every week I need to meet 10 people I don't care if it's coffee face-to-face phone and I just kept to this like as long as I hit 10 people every week I didn't care it was the law of the averages and so eventually the random person that I had coffee with who was from person number four from week two like you know, he's like, oh, you should meet my boss at NBC or this guy at NBC. He has a new unit at NBC and it's digital and maybe he's hiring. And so I got a meeting with him and it's funny because he's still my mentor to this day. He's very, one of those guys that's like ahead of his time. And um, at the time he started at NBC, the unit back in 2011, 2012, where it was digital content, but editorial or um, not ads, like more editorial content for brands. And at the time that was just like, you know, wait, what digital um, NBC.com. No one looks at that crap. Like, but he would go to the ad sales team and say, give me 200 grand of your little budget for the $2 million GMC that they're buying all these commercials. Just give us 200 K and we will make them a boatload of content. And we're going to put it on all the different properties at NBC. And they're like, okay. Anyway, he ended up hiring me and he told me, he goes, you were so underqualified for the job because you, but he goes, when I found out that you sold books door to door, I hired you because I'm like, I can teach this chick how to edit. I can teach this chick how to shoot video. I can teach her how to like go, but I can't teach the ethic. So to this day, he always talks about it that like, you know, I I wasn't going to hire you. And And when he started talking about book door to door, I was like, I'm hiring her. So that he that was my step into NBC. So I was actually at another job at NBC before I got my foot into the Today Show. So it was a little bit of a side step. But that's where I learned how to shoot video and edit. And this is back in 2012, where it was just starting to like, I feel like the technical skills now that all these content creators, it's just you need them now. It's like, if you don't have them, then go figure out how to do it. Where at the time, the fact that I had them was the only reason I was able to get a producer job at the Today Show because I didn't have the experience necessarily, but they just hired me for my technical skills because I was in the field all the time. So so you learned how to shoot and edit and kind of run behind the camera. Do you consider yeah. yourself more in the director side of things now? Uh, because I've seen kind of some of your work is you feel it, it appears to be that you're more in the director role than you are like the videographer role. 
Is that accurate? Yeah. No, I mean, my website is so old, by the way. It's like, I haven't updated it in about four years. Um, but yeah, I'd say now it's, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a director. So it's working a lot with the brands, right? Like I'm the point person and then I have a crew. But you know, it's interesting. My whole team are all former journalists. That's our superpower. I feel that that's like really important when we work with brands. It kind of gives us a little bit of a different, a differentiator in like New York agency world. So um, these are all former people from NBC or the documentary world. And so it's my little team. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the liaison between them. But then, you know, now I teach entrepreneurs of small businesses who can't afford to outsource production to a company like yours or a company like mine even. Um, I teach them how they can use video to grow their business. And that's required me now to go back on camera in showing up on Instagram stories in a way that I, you know, I haven't had to be on camera per se in a while right. since my nude, okay. hippo, since my nude hippo, my classy nude hippo days. <laughs> okay. So when did you, uh, I guess as you, you, you did the today show, you did CNN. I think that, uh, I mean, those stories are great because, you know, it sounds like, you know, that, those lessons and that, that work ethic that you learned at Pound on the Pavement selling books is what got you the, the foot in the job or the foot in the door for that job. And then they just kind of worked your way up there. And I, I assume, I, mean, I can see that work ethic in everything you do. I mean, even down to Instagram stories, like it's a lot of work to put together that content. Uh, so I think that's huge. So once you did... You did uh, Today Show, CNN. When did you officially start uh, your own company? What year was that? My business. So, yeah, so no, this is interesting too. And this is also, you know, I, with all these like takeaways here, whatever you, whenever I hear people's backstories of where they got to be, um, you know, I'm always kind of like looking for what, how does it apply to me, you know? And I, and I do think that like sometimes those mundane jobs or even if you feel like you're not where you think you should be, Right. And it's not always tied to an age. You can be 40 or 50 and feel that way. Sure. But as lo- I do believe that as long as you're like learning new skills, even if you don't like, I didn't want to be an editor. I didn't, I didn't want to be a shooter, but I knew that if I could learn these skills, then Hey, why not? So I just think it's important to always be ex- at least expanding your yeah. knowledge bucket. If you are in a position or in a company where you're not, where you're feeling twitchy learn something new and network with people outside your own department and, and and that'll come back to you. So, sorry, um, kind of shift gears. So, um, again, when I was on maternity, listen to this weird story, power social media. So when I was on maternity leave with my second kid, I was like Snapchat crazy. This, I got a random email on LinkedIn from this dude. He's like, this is going to sound really weird because it was all mom content. It was like, all right, I'm going to go breastfeed now. I mean, it was just like, whatever. And this guy is like, this is going to sound weird. He goes, but I'm obsessed with your Snapchat. He goes, and I've been following your Snapchat for like three months. He goes, I'm the founder of, or I'm the CEO of um, a company. You know, it was like him in a big Silicon Valley, who's still very big now. They bought all these blogs in 2016 and they were trying to, and they're still around to monetize them into the digital space. He goes, we've just bought a parenting brand 
that's huge in Facebook and online, but they have no video presence, would you want to come and run our editorial team nice. for parenting content? So um, I ended up leaving the Today Show when I was on maternity leave to go to this startup. I thought it was my dream job. It was not my dream job, but that was a stopgap. So it was actually a really really negative it was pretty um negative experience and so i was disillusioned i'd left this amazing job i'm at this startup i'm like this is this is bananas like this is so toxic and like i ended up leaving settlement leaving like after only three months and i was like i can't my boss like you can come back and I'm like, oh God, they threw like a going away party for me. Like Patrice, <laughs> Patrice is getting out of the Today Show. People die here. Like no one leaves the Today Show. It's like, you know, you're, you're like forced out or you die. So my boss is like, get the hell out of here. Go do something interesting, you know? So I was like, I can't go back to my job. Three months later, I was like so embarrassed and but. At the time, my husband had left his corporate job to start his own thing, and I was the health insurance. So it was really scary. This was like 2017, the top of 2017. So I had like a really young baby, a toddler, and I had just basically gotten like let go of in my dream job. And I'm like, oh my God, like we have no health insurance. So, well, we had a Cobra, right? For whatever, like the, 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 the thing. And so at that point in time, it was either like go back to the Today Show, which is a great option. It, Today Show is, is a, an amazing place to work. Or I'm like, you know what, I, I could do something different. And so without knowing any at all what I wanted to do, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll try to make some video for brands or a business, you know, and, and you know, that's how it happened. And so I got like one client. I mean, it's just so embarrassing. And I, because I look back, you know, I remember I didn't have a website. And so I slapped up a Squarespace and my, and um, I remember I was, there was this one girl I met whose dad is a huge real estate guy in New York. And we totally hit it off at this networking event. She's like, I want you to do all our video. She's like, we're a v they're a VC company. They funded all these brands. She's like, you can just be our point person. I'm like, oh, sweet. This is amazing. So she's like, send me your pitch. Like I make the decisions, basically you're fine. So I sent her my pitch or a bid. She asked me to bid on this. Her father's house was the house in billions in the H in the in the HBO series, and they were doing this huge like summit there. And she's like, "You can do the summit." So I pitched her, and I didn't hear back for like a week, and it was happening soon. And so I remember she called me and she goes, "Can I be dead honest with you?" And this is like seven months into me deciding to go off on my own. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, sure. She goes, what in the actual fuck is your website? I was like, <laughs> I swear to God, that's a dead quote. I go, wait, what? I go, what do you mean? She's like, no, seriously, Patrice. It's like, what the? And I, and I kind of thought about it from her brain. She goes, I have to pitch you to my team. Like, you know, you weren't the only, you know, I had to pitch you. And I'm like, you showed my web. So my website, my old website, was just a one pager and it was me with a giraffe the giraffe was licking my face and i had like headphones on i mean it was and it was like hey like the about me was just like hi guys like i'm patrice I, you know i mentioned nude hippo in my bio she goes i mean it looks like a bad 
like one man, one woman band, like geograph National Geographic field reporter, which I was not. She, and so I realized then and there that I'm like, oh my God, I need to like, I need to level up. So yeah, it was, yeah. So anyway, that's it. So 2017 is when I made the leap to start my own thing. But what happened? Did you get that job? No, no, I did not get that job. I did not get that job. And she is the reason. And that was seven, two thousands. I need to, I haven't changed my website since then, but it, I was like, I'm like, I need to start thinking of myself. And I think a lot of females do this. Um, it's a man's world. And I like, it's changing now, but even in New York, like back in 2017, I'd be like, I remember I had a big pitch meeting with paper magazine and I was like with five dudes and, and granted paper magazine is like very, you know, artsy and stuff. But I remember they walk in, they're like, where's your, like, where's your team? And I'm like, Oh, I, I mean, at that time I didn't have, I was like relying on random freelancers and right. I, I was, I had no structure, no system. I would just like show up and be like, can we do video? So I, I just realized like, like I'm not going to, this is not a, but I realized too, this is actually not a business model. I'm not going to make it. I kind of thought of myself in my brain. It's like, oh, I'm just trying this out. I'm going to go back to get a real job. Like I almost thought of myself as a freelancer. And I think when, you know, your thoughts matter. And so I thought of myself as not a founder is not a person who is, doing something that she wanted to be doing. It was almost like this stopgap until my husband figured his stuff out. Not that I wouldn't get it, wasn't going to work, but just, like, I don't know. It was a really weird mind mindset. So um, anyway, I didn't get that job, but I did end up redoing my website. And I, you know what, my current partner changed my business. So it's like, you can't rely on, at least I couldn't in New York, I couldn't rely on my best freelancers they weren't loyal like i remember two days before a shoot i had a huge shoot and my best guy nick was like patrice you're gonna kill me i can't do your shoot and i'm like what are you talking about you can't do my shoot he goes i just got a job for two months out in la i need to be there tomorrow sorry i mean and i was just like holy sh i can't run a business this is not a business it's like i'm just a hired oh. yeah so you, you said you got a partner. When did that come about and how did that? Oh, this is also, a good, this, is also a, this is also a good learning lesson story. So, yeah. um, and you get it. Well, I mean, you know, whenever you're starting out, like you say yes to everything, or at least I was, I was saying yes sure. to everything for, sure. for, for bad and for good. And some of it was, I should not have said yes to. And I remember it was April and this was in, I had a really scary six months where I literally did not make money for six months. I just had like no new business. It was like, I, I probably had 20 proposals out and nothing was stuck. It was just one of those moments where you're like, what am I doing? Like, and I remember it was one of those months and there was a small brand, a small like hair brand. And she's like, this is what I have. And I want to do like these Instagram videos, like two how to videos and her, like, what she had, I mean, that would barely pay for like, one camera person for a half day, let alone two how-to videos produced. And she came from Bumble and Bumble. So she had a high level of, um, of, of quality. So long story short, I took this job against better judgment and I ended up hiring, bringing on like my 19 year old, like this kid I met on Instagram who's really talented doing like party videos 
but like not brand videos, but I didn't, I had, I, I paid him like a hundred dollars. Cause like there was no money to be made. So yeah. we do the shoot. It was totally like, I, it was, it was just craziness. And so we did the shoot and he could not get the edit. Bless him. He's literally, when I say he's 19, he just turned 19. He's so young. And I'm, he goes, I, he couldn't get the edit. And so I kept going back to the client and the girl is like, Patrice, I love you. I want my money back. I can't use these videos. I don't want, um, and I, I can't believe I have to say this to you because I really like you personally, but this is business and this is bad. And I remember I was at my co-working space and I was like, holy shit, like this is, and she was in a circle in New York where we were connect, everyone's connected. So I'm like, I can't have her give, I can't give her money back. Like, so I said to her, give me 20, give me 24 hours. Okay. Like give me one more stab at this. And then if you are unhappy, I will give you all your money back. Okay. During that week, I had met this guy named Adam and through an acquaintance and we had met for coffee and I almost canceled on him because I was just being annoyed. I'm like, I feel like meeting it. And I, I, I didn't cancel on him. And he came from Jersey to Dumbo, which is like all the way where I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. And we met for yeah. coffee and he goes, anytime he had his own production company in New Jersey, but different, he worked with different clients. You know, he didn't work and I work with a lot of like lifestyle and more like female founded type businesses and his, his genre was more like local, right? Like the car dealership and like restaurants and he had a great business, but it was just different. And he's like, anything you need, like, let me know. And I remember being like, okay, I don't understand how we, you know, we do kind of the same thing, but cool. Nice to meet you. And I remember I got off the phone with this client and I called him up and I'm like, hi, <laughs> remember when you said like, if I needed anything and I explained the situation, he's like, give me all the files. I got all the files to him within five hours. He returned the most be like just beautiful, just beautiful content. Like just what I sent it to her that night. She called me. She's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. She's now my biggest supporter. So that's how I met Adam, a random coffee person. And he ended up saving my ass. He didn't even charge me. I tried to give him money. He's like, Nope, I'm not going to charge he's my main partner. I just feed him business. I just like, he's yeah. my only. And so it's, I tap into his crew and team. He has he's like the, shooter and editor then. What'd you say? He's your shooter and editor. He has a team. Okay. So he's like the main guy, but he's like my client head, but I like brainstorm with him. Like we, we sure. think of business ideas together, but he has a set group of people that he hires full time. Those are his full time okay. employees. So I just, contract him so to speak right but they're like my team i've been and we've been doing this model now since like 2017 and it's the only reason i realized like i can't be relying on freelancers yeah you know in this you know what i mean like sure occasionally but i need regular i need i need to be able to say yes to lego on a whim and know that the quality delivered is going to be at lego standards and what I was doing before is like bringing in like 19 year olds being like hey like I hope <laughs> I hope well, this is, yeah that's awesome well then Adam did exactly what you did and he pounded the pavement and he was there and he, and he striked uh, while the iron was hot and now he got a great partner with you so. yeah and we're different you know he's got a different type of market I have he has ac different skill sets and I have access to different businesses that he wouldn't be able to get into right. so it's, it's, it's a really good partnership. And so it's the way that my little tiny video agency 
company is able to run and churn and like it's also why I'm able to not have to be running around on shoots while I have a newborn you know like I have Adam and his team my team for that but then COVID hit last year and it kind of blew everything up so I'll pause and let you well okay so that's a nice segue because you know when we reconnected you know what I saw because I didn't really know any of that that you just told me you know prior to this but when we reconnected uh I saw your boot camps and your masterminds on on Instagram so it was COVID the one that drove you to develop these more DIY courses so yeah no it's interesting enough so um so COVID hit let's say last March so yeah so uh, 2020 March in January of 2020 last year, I literally woke up with a panic attack and I'm not like an anxious person at all. Like I don't have, I'm like, cause I knew I wanted to have another baby. Like I was trying to convince my husband. Like, so I'm like, I cannot be running to production shoots when I'm 60. Like I, my whole income is based on what I kill. I'm like, I am tired. Like, I don't want to, just the sales cycle of like these larger, you know, the larger brands, there's lots of pros and there's lots of cons and these smaller projects, it's the same. And it was just like, you know, I was focusing all my energy on like, you know, the, not even high end, but like just kind of a mid-market video package, kind of like that 30 to 50K range, right? Where in theory, you know, you get like, you get like five to 10 of those and like, that's like a decent business. Right. But to get those 50 K jobs, it's not like, you know, you gotta, it, it takes a while and the sales cycles longer and then the expectations are higher and you, the amount of money you're making for the profit margin is like, <laughs> is this even worth it? So, um, I started being like, I need more revenue streams. I only have one revenue stream and that's like not good business model. So before COVID hit, I had already been thinking, I need to start like figuring something out. So I follow this woman on Instagram. I had no idea what she does, but she randomly like commented once on my, on my story, just like a, Hey, Oh, that's so funny. And she didn't know that I was like girl, I have a legit girl crush on her. So like a crazy person, I voice messaged her in her inbox. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Like, I didn't even know you followed me. Like, I've been following you for six months. Like, I don't even know what you do, but you have the best content. But she writes, she talks back to me. She goes, hi. And you know, she's good. She's like, oh, she goes, well, I, what do you do? You know, and so we started talking. It turns out she helps female service-based entrepreneurs scale their businesses, their online businesses. And she helps female service-based entrepreneurs monetize their knowledge online. And her biggest specialty is taking female entrepreneurs from the six to the seven figure mark. And she has this program. It was a $10,000 program. And I remember at the time being like 10,000. She's like, and I remember she was telling me about it and she goes, yeah, I think you, I think you'd be perfect for it. So we set up a Zoom, and I remember being like, this is weird. So we set up a Zoom call in January. And I remember when she told me it was 10 grand, I almost like fell out of my chair. Like the biggest investment I'd ever made is like my website, which is like $4,000, I mean, $10,000. Right. And I remember I was talking to Ali about it. And I'm like, I, I just feel this like, like I, there's something in me that like I need to figure out how to do something different. And anyway, I did it. And then COVID hit. So for two months, I was in an intense mastermind where every day I learn how to monetize your knowledge and how to set up a program or how to think about it. 
And so when COVID hit, I had already been working on a product. So it was almost serendipitous. So I had launched, anyway, so I learned how to do this from this woman. And, and, and I'm still friends with her. I was just on her podcast the other week. Like her program changed, changed my life because even this past year, we were just doing taxes. You know, what I made off of, I, I, it's not passive. I think passive is a misnomer. It's so much work. It's at some point, maybe you're passive, like years in, you can automate, but in the beginning, it's more work than anything. Sure. But, you know, it was like 20% of my yearly revenue, which is small, but it's proof of concept. I'm like, oh, people want to know how to do video. People can't afford how to do video. So it's kind of like, to me, there's this market now. So that's, that sort of, when COVID hit, it was just like a godsend because I was able now to run video boot camps and masterminds and help other entrepreneurs uh, use video to grow their own businesses. So I know that you had recently had to kind of take a little bit of a pause to have your third boy. What's his name? Cass? His name is Cass. Yeah, Cassian. My, my husband's last name is Jones. It's like so boring. So you can't have like Mike Jones or like Fred Jones. I mean, Fred Jones isn't that, but you know what I mean? Like you can have a little bit of this. So yeah, Cassie and Jones, and and, yeah. And he was born on the same day as my father-in-law who is the best human alive. And so Cassie has Ian in it and his name is Ian, so. Nice. So so you you took a little bit of break from the boot camps and or masterminds and now you're back. So do you, do you have like set scheduled courses or is it kind of come in and DIY? Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your video content now. Yeah. So last year was to me, it was just proof of concept. I, a lot of people that what I see and that I learned in this, I feel it's a whole new world. It was like, I lifted a rock and I was like, Oh my God, there's people doing all these things on the internet (laughs) and people are buying. It was just like this. What am I doing? So what I, a lot of people do is in their brain, they're in their bubble, right? In where they think they have an amazing idea because it's either in a vacuum or, you know, but they spend a lot of time on content and they make it really nice and they spend hours, weeks, months, you know, coming up with homework or or systems or video and then they release it and no one buys. And the way that I was taught to do it is completely opposite. You do not make a single piece of content until someone has already bought from you. So everything I ran last year was live. So I only did live boot camps and live masterminds. So I would have to sell that before we launched. And the first two, I would make the content up week by week, depending who was in my class. So I would ask them, what do you wanna know? Like, what industries are you from? And then I would make the content, I don't say on the fly, but on the fly. So by the end of last year, I had done that like six or seven times. So after running it six or seven times, you start to see what people like, what people don't like. So at the end of last, actually this past December, so like two months ago, I started taking some of my live content and turning it into modules. So for the first time, again, this is me not, I don't want to jump in, but I'm, I have like a little mini course. So it's like a lower price point and it's taking my mastermind that I teach and taking like a chunk of it and teaching um, 
it's, it's all about how to inspire and attract your audience through using your phone and video. Yep. So I'm turning that into a mini course. And again, I'm going to test the water, see if, see what people say, if people buy it. And then from there, I'm currently working on like another DIY course with my partner, Adam, that's going to also incorporate more technical, like how to edit, you know, how to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year is all about um, automated systems and then running less masterminds because running live masterminds nearly killed me last year. I ran like seven. I was just, I, it's a lot of work. And the hardest part is the marketing funnel of getting new eyeballs into each cohort because new people have to constantly be knowing about you. And it's, it's a lot. So, and that wasn't my core business. So So, hopefully this, this year I want to make a transition where I'm like, you know, last year I was 80, 20, this year, I want to move more towards like 50, 50 okay. and maybe the year after, you know, 80, 20 with 80% being online revenue for, and then like 20% clients. And, and so, so that's, that was going to be kind of my next question. So that, do you like that idea of shifting more towards that scalable uh, model of helping the smaller uh, budget, you know, clients versus going after the whales all the time? Yeah, you know, I, I think, and you could probably um, attest as well, you know, having those whale clients are awesome because you learn a lot and you get a first row view into how like a brand like Amazon and Lego and, and, and Amazon, Netflix is thinking, right? Which is awesome. But am I really helping Netflix? Eh, probably not. You know, am I really helping Amazon and like, you know, the product videos that we do for them? Yeah, probably not. I mean, sure. Like, but it was the the small clients. It was when I would work with, you know, the the small brands and the small course creators that did outsource a lot of their production to us that I felt good. I'm like, I'm actually helping them. And then it started to bother me when I would have a lot of young entrepreneurs, I don't mean young age-wise, but just like entrepreneurs young in their business um, who would come to me and be like, Hey, like, I need, can you make me video? And I just knew I'm like, I can't, cause I can't make the, I can't make the numbers work. And I know what you need, but I, I can't, you're going to have to like go to a shooter editor that you find, you know, on Facebook or Craigslist or maybe someone that can do it cheaper for you. And I was like, I'm turning around, turning away so many people that actually need the help. And so it, that's when I did the start before the COVID even hit. I'm like, how can I, put my, cause you also think too, like, well, every brand is so custom. I can't possibly teach people how to make video because it's so unique. And you know what? It's, it's actually, there's a foundational narrative to all video content and it has to do with good storytelling and good characters and good writing and finding out what people like to watch. And all those skills are teachable. So yeah. it made me realize that like, you know, small businesses don't have big brand access but they need it. And so I'm that liaison of like, I have access to these big brands and we just take what we're sort of doing there in the field. And I take the stuff that can be applicable to like a solopreneur who has no marketing budget and is going to have to, you know, probably show up on Instagram stories all the time and show their face because that's just what they're going to have to do. (laughs) Cool. Well, I look, I like it. We're doing the same thing here at Matic. And uh, so I'm excited to, in the next couple of months, to show you what we've got going on here. But look, I, I think what you're doing is great. I've, I've, I've enjoyed your content. The, the mass, I like, I almost signed up for one of your boot camps because <laughs> I was just interested to see 
what it was like. And, and then I'll I, give it to you. I'll send you. No, honestly, you know what? I like need people. I just realized too, I probably should have betaed this, this mini course and I didn't just cause I just, was so much going on, but, um, no, I'll send it to you. Like when it's up and ready, like I'll, it'll be my, my comp. So I'll yeah, well, that, that'd be fun. And I, I was, I was thinking about the, the live ones when you were doing those, but because I like the, the human interaction part of it and, uh, but yeah, I totally get, uh, and I'd love to check out your course and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll show you ours when we, when we get that going, but, uh, because we have the same struggles here, you know, we, we, we get the bigger clients, but then what we're doing is we're turning those into learning lessons and giving that to uh, smaller clients that can utilize that on their own. And, and it's all about the strategy and how you roll it out. And there's a lot of uh, systemizing that can be done, even though it doesn't feel like, you know, that you can, but once you pull it all back, you definitely can. Yeah, no, I know. And I do think like just video content in general, for whatever reason, it just really overwhelms people um, because people tend to think, I mean, rightfully so when you think of video, you know, you think of the gear, you think of the lights and you just, you get so hung up on the technical side of the video making process that you forget that a beautiful video does not make a, a converting video or a beautiful video does not equal an interesting video an entertaining video you know so it's sort of this misnomer that it has to be beautiful when i think social has shown us that you know the raw and the gritty and the just being yourself and people showing up as themselves is really attractive and i think when you're a small business in a small brand fortunately unfortunately if you're the founder you have to get out there because people, especially Gen Z, like you, you want to know who is behind this brand, like those faceless brand worlds of like the nineties. And that's just not in anymore. Like you have to show up. So, which yeah. is good because so many more people now need help with video making. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come out with it. You have an infectious uh, personality, so I can see why so many people want to, oh, thank you. uh, consumer content and consumer stories so uh yeah thanks so much for Did you do the fight or fight song <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what the song is he's fighting man a fighter okay <laughs> <laughs> well that takes us back uh because you were your you graduated 98 younger right? but you don't need to date us like yeah i already feel oh come I'm, on come on now we're at the age where we can embrace it we can embrace the uh the knowledge that we have and, and oh my god i have a newborn i'm like oh my god i'm an old mom now i like was like a young mom and now i'm like an old though in new york people like our old mom so it's fine it's <laughs> it's awesome everybody's got their own journey and uh yours is pretty fun so thanks for sharing it with us today and uh you know have a good rest of your day thanks patrice yeah no thank you this was really fun anytime mm -hmm.